In today's episode, we have David Perez with us, who's going to talk about how you can use a podcast to help grow your business and brand. You will also get to hear how he used podcasting in his earlier days as a way to communicate with online students, why podcasting is a great tool to bring traffic to your online courses, and some extra tips on how you can produce amazing content for your audience. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Online Course Igniter podcast, where you'll hear from successful course creators and how they were able to turn their passion into a thriving online business empire. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. We have David Perez from Audience Coach, and he is an expert in uh, coaches and podcasting and has a lot of great information about his course and some strategies that he's going to share with us today. And I'm just excited to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today, David? I'm doing great, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. It's exciting. I'm glad you reached out to me. And I was looking over your site and your information, and uh, I think there's some... uh, really valuable tips and tricks that you can give to those listening to this podcast. This podcast is for online course creators, but that doesn't mean that we don't have people who are uh, coaches and consultants and uh, digital product makers and entrepreneurs listening. And so I think they're going to get a lot of great information and value from this podcast. So I always like to start at the beginning with people and just kind of hear you know, how did you get into your business? Maybe what were you doing before you got into uh, online business and coaching and podcasting and all these various things? Okay, uh, Jeremy, although my current business has to, has to do with podcasting, my background is actually in education. I have a degree in education. Uh, I graduated from university and, and I worked as a teacher for about eight years. In that period of time, I had the chance to work for a few years as an online teacher. And as an online teacher, I was always looking for ways to uh, maintain contact and maintain engagement with my students. And one of the strategies I applied was using podcasts for 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 uh, keeping in communication with my online students because uh, it was people from all over the country. Uh, the dropout rates were very high. Uh, people like many times they didn't know how to uh, move on with the course, or they needed extra support. They needed extra information, so I used the podcast as a tool to help my students succeed in the process of the course. Uh, so that together with other projects I was carrying out in which I was also working with podcasts led me to eventually start producing podcasts for other people. And this eventually became my business. And now it's like my full-time job. Okay, very nice. So when you started doing a podcast, uh, I'm assuming it worked very well because you continued with it. Why do, why do you think that it works so well for those people who were in this education space? Okay, uh, the podcast was not like an open show. It was specifically designed for this group of people who were my students at the time. And it worked very well because the, the niche quote-unquote niche, was super small. So I understood very well what their challenges were, what their difficulties were, what their needs were. So I was able to create content around those specific needs. So I was sure like everything I put out there, I was putting out there, will help them achieve what they wanted to achieve in the course. Okay. And this um, course, what what was the, the niche of the course on? 
It was, I, I worked for a university and for a vocational school. So they were like students of uh, electronics, electricity, okay. uh, web development. And my, my area was English. I, I used to teach English as a foreign language. Okay. Yeah. So, so you uh, are, are teaching this information and then you realize that, you know, having, having this podcast and were you just answering direct questions? Like what was the format of that podcast? Uh, I was identifying pain points and, and like information gaps. And I was addressing those, for example, uh, the, or common errors. That, that was something I used to address a lot, like common grammar errors, uh, situations that were happening over and over again across different courses or with different students. So I will address those common errors so they wouldn't make them uh, again or, or make them as often. And also information gaps, like, okay, what's the next step with the course? What, what are the next tasks you have to complete? What are the next, uh, next uh, deadlines or completion dates? Okay. Yeah, this is really cool. This is giving me some ideas of my own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So you are doing this for university and you've got this podcast. It's working out very well. And then you said that the, the next step that, that you took were you saw this need and you saw that podcasting was growing in popularity mm -hmm. and you knew how to do it. And so you decided, uh, why don't I just start helping others get their podcast launched? Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, I started out and and I didn't know there was a booming industry in the podcasting area. I didn't know at all. Uh, and when I got started, I start like I started receiving a lot of more referrals and new clients and people like needing this this kind of help. So I just went on and, and follow the the demand and, and and set up my business from that. Okay, and what did that business entail? Was it um, like production, editing, uh, show notes? What all were you doing specifically? Uh, we started with just podcast editing. That's what we used to do. And that's what we mainly do at the moment, just editing the shows, like making them sound nice uh, and then posting them on the different platforms. Uh, but now we have evolved to a point where we do a more integral approach. So we help the client with the audio, Sometimes they, they need video for social media. We help them with the video. But we also accompany them throughout the whole process of uh, setting up or building the whole concept for their show. Okay, So who their audience is going to be, what the purpose of the show is going to be like, establish, establish the system, set up a content calendar. So like set up the whole systems and the whole structure so the podcast can start and run successfully. Okay, so this is a at this point it's a full service business that yes. someone has an idea for a podcast and you're going to be able to take them from concept to having a published podcast at the end. That is correct. Yes. Okay, cool. That's awesome. And then did you create an online course ar around this or is it just a service-based industry? It, it is currently a service-based uh, business. However, we are starting to create content uh, for courses because we'll still identify there are some gaps and challenges and friction points with our clients. One of them being, for example, the, the mindset around a podcast, which sometimes is the same around a course. If you're creating an online course, for example, just putting the course out there or putting a podcast out there is not going to get you clients. Mm -hmm. So you need to have a mindset like okay, you need to build a strategy behind that or you expect like overnight results. That's not going to happen. So we are, we are addressing some of those issues. And some other issues that people are having a lot of struggles with is, for example, the technical side. Uh, because they're experts in their area, but they don't know maybe how to use a microphone or what the ideal mm -hmm. microphone is. Sometimes they have a great microphone, but they don't use it uh, properly. 
uh, or they just don't care about the audio quality and they record podcasts that are great in content but very low in audio quality. So mm-hmm. trying to 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 fill those gaps and to help our clients or help anyone willing to start a podcast uh, achieve their, their their goals and be like cover those information gaps. Yeah, that's that I think is brilliant. Um, Because I was just thinking as you were saying that, you know, you can do as much as you can on your side to edit and do production and mixing and try to make it sound as good as possible. But if it's not good coming in from the user standpoint, there's only so much you can do, right? And uh, I think that's very smart to provide them with that information because you can at least get them to have a better sounding audio before it gets into your hands. Yeah, I think same happens with audio and video. Like sometimes you record not very good quality audio or video and you expect the editor to do magic. And like <laughs> editors cannot do magic. Like we are not <laughs> wizards. We are just editors. So uh, the the end result will depend on the quality of the source material. If the source material is high quality, the end result will be high quality. But if the raw material, if the source material is low quality, you cannot expect much more in the in the end result. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And uh recording and editing myself, I know the struggle because I'm yeah. like, why did I why does this sound so bad? I should have recorded this better. Um let's talk about uh the some of the strategies of actual podcasting since that's that's your expertise and we're on a podcast. So obviously I like podcasts too. Um uh, imagine that the people who are listening right now are online course creators who are creating online courses or they have online courses. And one of the biggest issues, as you pointed out earlier, uh, especially for course creators, is we go out, we create this product, and then we just assume everyone's going to flood in and buy it. And that's usually not the case. And we have to do um, a better job at getting traffic into our online courses, one of those ways could be podcasting. So why do you think podcasting would be good for someone who is creating an online course as a good means of uh, traffic or growing your brand? Absolutely, Jeremy. I think podcasting and and online courses are not that different in terms of, in the way that they both aim at uh, going in depth into topics and educating people about those topics. But the difference is usually the course is a gated product and the podcast is a is an open access product. So what you can do with the podcast is uh, on the one side, start building an audience. Okay, start building an audience. From uh, And from that audience, you're going to be able on the one side to offer them courses. And from the other side, you're going to have that constant feedback and information about what they what they need, what information they need, what they're struggling with. Okay, uh, they're going to be asking you questions. They're going to be uh, telling you things they need, struggles they've had. So from that, you're going to be able to find out what your courses might need as well in order to su- to supply that demand to cover all those areas or those fiction points they're having. On the other side, having a podcast is going to help you build an authority. Uh, So uh, this is the thing. If you want to sell a course, it's not like you're going to pop up out of nowhere and tell people, okay, here, buy my course. You need to build that trust. You need to build uh, uh, the image that you are an authority and that you are an expert in the area. So people believe that where you're going to teach them is actually what they need and is going to help them achieve what they want to achieve. 
And the podcast is is also very good because uh, on the one side, uh, going back to the audience thing, is going to help you build a relationship. And I think this is very important that um, sometimes when fo we focus, for example, on on Facebook ads and, and these kind of campaigns, we are thinking of one-time events. But uh, a podcast is a way not to just offer a product or service as a one-off thing, but as a continuum. So you're going to be able to establish that rapport, establish that communication, establish that relationship with your audience, and you're going to be constantly, uh, you're going to constantly be in capacity to offer them services, offer them value, and also get information from them that will uh, help you improve your own courses. Yeah, that's that's some great um, great tips there. Uh, first, it helps build your audience, which is you know what you need to have to sell your course. And then you said it gives market research, which is uh, tremendous because you can really start getting that feedback from from people and and giving them what they're asking for. Um, building your authority and then building your relationships, which I totally agree with because I know from personal experience having this podcast has brought about some wonderful re relationships with other course creators in the industry and that opens up new doors and so uh, I definitely like all of those points now when creating a podcast there are a couple different ways that you can go about it you can do an interview style like we're doing here or you can do a solo podcast where you're giving information do you have a preference on the style of podcast one versus the other uh, I think they are not mutually exclusive, Jeremy. Jeremy, you can use, uh, you can create either a solo podcast or an interview-based podcast or a mix of both. For example, my own show is a mix of both. We have solo episodes, we have interviews episodes. So it depends on on the content. Like your focus is going to be the audience always. So it depends on what the audience needs. If there is content that you can deliver in like small pails, if we can call it that way. Uh, and you can record like 10-minute solos or 5-minute solos, and you are sure that is going to help them. You can deliver that. And if you, for example, need to go more in-depth and get an expert to cover a specific topic or area, so then you can go ahead and create an interview. So it will depend on, on what your audience needs okay, and how much value you can provide to them. So it, it will depend on that. Uh, you can switch. There is an advantage, however, to recording, for example, solo episodes, and it is that you are able to batch record and have a lot of content buffered there for releasing uh, like weeks after that. Sometimes when you are recording interviews, and I'm sure you've had this issue as well, <laughs> uh, you need to to like uh, deal with the other person's schedule and also mm -hmm. with your own schedule because... I'm a father, so for example, right after <laughs> this, I have to run because I have a, a parents' meeting at school. Uh, so people have meetings, people have other things to do. So like sometimes you need to play with that schedule. It's a challenge, but it's totally worth it when you are finally able to do that interview and gain a lot of value from, from what you do. And there is a big plus to doing interviews, and it is the capacity of or, or the opportunity of networking. You're going to get to meet a lot of very, very nice people and people from whom you can learn a lot and to whom you can give a lot and who you with whom you can collaborate possibly afterwards. Yeah, and, and the networking in itself, I feel like it helps 
build your authority too. Um, I have a group for this podcast and I had someone on the podcast uh, recently who was talking about uh, Pinterest marketing. And I don't know anything about Pinterest marketing, but today in my group, someone said, hey, I need help with Pinterest. And having that relationship built through the interview of the woman who talked about Pinterest, I was able to recommend her to the person who needed that help, and it was it was such a good feeling. I felt like a you know a, a mediator or someone in the middle that I could join these two people together, and it's a win win for everyone, right? Yeah, and it might also work the other way around because you might get a lot of referrals from the other person you had been talking to in the podcast mm -hmm. episode. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. So, okay. So let's say um, someone's listening and they, they have an online course and they're like, yeah, I would like to try podcasting. You know, I, I think it, I, I love it. I think it's a great medium myself. Um, and they want to get started. So what are, what are some of the best practices or methods and first steps that someone would need to take to start a podcast? Okay. Um, they are quite similar to all the steps you will need to take in order to start a course. And the first of them will be to identify who you are going to serve, who you are going to offer value to. Okay. So you need to have an idea of your audience. If you can go niche, okay, if you can niche down as much as you can, that'll be great. Uh, the importance here is not like to go super wide, but not having a lot of depth. We want to go in detail. We want to offer as much value as we can. So one one part is going to be identifying your potential audience. Okay, if it, the the more specific, the better. The other is to be in the mindset that this is a long term game. Okay, a podcast is not going to, or any other type of content strategy is not give you results overnight or after a couple of months or after I don't know running an ad campaign on Facebook promoting the content. This is long term game. You need to to be consistent and work a lot on your on your content. So you can start actually begin to, to see results. And also here, and goes back to the audience and the consistent thing is a podcast is a listening exercise. This is very important. It's not just a matter of assuming what you think the audience needs or wants and creating content around that, but actually listening to people, listening to your audience or to your potential audience and finding out what they need and what they want and what their friction points are. One thing I do, for example, is I go on on YouTube channels or I go to these uh, people who have, uh, inf so, sorry, to these um, business influencers who maybe post information about podcasts and I check the comments and I see all the questions people have, all the problems people have, all the goals people have, and I take note of that and I create content around that. So that's going to be very important. Focus on the audience, think long-term. And uh, another important thing is going to be make sure you have nice audio quality. Okay? Uh, some people or some like uh, in some areas of the internet, we have popularized this expression. It's like, it's just good enough. It has to be good enough. <laughs> uh, and I think it's not good. It doesn't serve you if you're a professional. Maybe if you're a hobbyist or an amateur, that's fine. But if you're a professional, you need to provide that professional look, okay? Uh, and, and, and a way of doing that, both for your online courses is for, and for your podcasts, is having good quality content, not only in terms of the delivery, but also in, the, in terms of like the technical side. So getting a nice microphone, it doesn't have to be an expensive microphone because today technology is super cheap, but having a nice microphone and guaranteeing you have good audio quality is going to be very important as well. 
Okay. Do you have any, um, you know, I know the, the microphone is usually where it starts. Do you have any recommendations um, for a lower tiered microphone? I've used the um, Audio-Technica ATR2100 before. I think that's a pretty good one. But do you have any uh, gear recommendations? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, my, my main recommendation is the Audio-Technica ATR2100. There is that yeah. one and there is another one that is called the Samsung Q2U, which is very similar mm. to the Audio Technica. I think those are the best mics. You can buy either one, the Audio Technica or the Samsung one. They are the perfect podcasting microphone if you're just getting started. Even if you're a course, cre- course creator, that's going to be the perfect microphone mm-hmm. to get started with good audio for your course or podcast. And then what about on a higher end? So, say someone is all in and they, they really want this to sound the best possible. What would be a, a better mic that you would recommend? Okay. Oh, it depends on how much you want to spend. Okay. <laughs> if you have no limit on your budget, that's fine. Uh, no, like, I think usually the, the highest end you can go is buying an SM7B microphone, a Shure SM7B. Uh, which is like the one of the highest end micro, higher end microphones out there, mm-hmm. but you will need extra gear in order to be able to mm-hmm. use that. So you're gonna have the microphone, but you're also gonna need uh, an extra component, which is called a cloud lifter, because this mm-hmm. microphone is super quiet. <laughs> so when it gets to the computer, it's gonna be super quiet. You're gonna be uh, using a cloud lifter to to raise the the volume level in the input, and after that, you're gonna need an audio interface, which audio interface, sorry, which is going to convert the sound from the microphone into a digital signal, okay? Uh, and usually, uh, a very popular one is this um, this red one, this Scarlet. The Scarlet. Yeah, Focusrite Scarlet. That's a very good one, so you can go with those elements. So if you get a nicer microphone, you're going to need necessarily extra gear. But the thing is, if you ever need to change your microphone or upgrade your microphone again, all the extra gear is still going to be there and it's still mm-hmm. going to be useful. Like You can switch your mic, but the cloud lifter and the uh, audio interface are still going to be just as useful. Yeah, those are that's a great recommendation. I, that's uh, My goal is to get the SM7B. That's a smooth sounding microphone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> are you struggling to create your first online course? Do you have an idea for a course topic, but don't know how to get started? It can be hard trying to figure out everything that goes into course creation. How do you outline your course? How do you set up the technology to create the content? How do you publish it so that you can begin helping others and making money immediately? We know it can be difficult for first-time course creators. That is why we have designed the Start Your First Course Challenge. Our goal is to help you get that online course published within a couple of weeks. That means that you can get your digital product to market without wasting a bunch of time. We will show you how with the easiest methods possible that we have learned and crafted over the years. You'll learn how to choose a topic, outline your course, script what you want to say, and then record the material. After that, you'll discover how to set up the platform and publish it, all with a simple system that's guaranteed to get you results fast. Beat your procrastination by taking action today. Go to startyourfirstcourse.com now to sign up. That's startyourfirstcourse.com. See you in the challenge. 
we know our audience and uh, we we get our gear together and we're we're ready to record. Um, you touched on this a little bit, but let's maybe go a little more in depth. How how do you decide what you're going to talk about? Um, you're brand new, right? So you don't have an audience, mm-hmm. and so you don't know what kind of questions people are looking for. Yeah. So how do you find that information out? Okay, the first thing you need to do is to set up a system to keep track of all the topics that you might talk about. So you can go on Google Docs and create a spreadsheet. I always recommend creating a spreadsheet and you're going to create a list of all these potential topics you're going to be talking about. It's actually kind of easy to get those topics to start with because you can focus, for example, uh, if you have had like clients before or you know what clients need or want, so what common questions clients have, okay? Uh, currently, if you're selling a service or a product, they are like always the same four, five, six questions people uh, pretty much always ask. So you can create a separate podcast episode for each one of those questions and answer those questions in order to 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 provide that information to your clients. Also, there are uh, misconceptions. There are common misconceptions, uh, maybe lack of information. So you can address those misconceptions. And uh, the other strategy which I use and which I recommend is set up listening posts. Listening posts is just going on uh, social media profiles for business influencers or for influencers in the area that you're going to be creating content around and see what people are commenting in those posts. You're going to see people uh, asking a lot of questions, uh, expressing their, their needs, their frustrations, their struggles, their goals. And you're going to put all those ideas into that spreadsheet. And when you like, without thinking about it, you might end up with 30 easily with 30 or 40 episode ideas in a day. And then uh, how how do you sift through those? Do you just tackle them one by one or do you have some kind of method of deciding on which ones might be more important to go after? I think it, it goes both ways. Okay, uh, What can be more important for the audience as well, but which ones can you provide the most value Mm-hmm. around. So if it's a topic that you see is very important for the audience, but you are not very knowledgeable on, so you're not going to be able to provide a lot of value around that. So try to match the best you can your own knowledge and skills with your audience's needs and wants. That's what you need to do. Okay, perfect. That's awesome. Okay, so we we know our audience. We got some equipment. We have some topics. We sit down. We record and you know get it edited. Um, we won't get too deep into that because editing is a, a, a beast in its own. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know we have to get that the podcast published. So how how do we get this out and out into the world? How do we get this submitted to you know Apple, iTunes, and and Spotify and all these different places? Okay, so uh, there are two things you will need. One of them is going to be a podcast media host service, okay? Because it's it's something similar to what you use for hosting your website. There are services specialized in hosting your podcast audio. You are going to need to get some uh, uh, service like this. There are a lot of very good companies out there. Uh, There is Podbean, there is Lipsyn, there is Transistor FM, there is uh, Buzzsprout. There are a lot of very, very good services for that. Uh, so you can go and get a plan there. There are also free options, which I do not recommend if you are podcasting as part of your business. A free option might work well if you're a hobbyist 
or a, a just a podcast amateur. But if you're podcasting for your business, it's important that you use a paid plan because you're going to have a lot more control over your content and over how your content is going to be distributed. Now, once we have that, we want to get the, the show on iTunes and Spotify and all these platforms, of course. What you're going to need to do that is have, I think, at least two fully um, edited episodes that are ready to go. Publish those on your podcast media host. And once it's there, you can proceed and submit the show because you have to manually submit the show to each of, the, of these platforms. So submit the show to iTunes, submit it to Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and others. Because uh, I think it has to do with uh, copyright and certain topics. Uh, they have to review, like they have human humans reviewing all these all these shows, and they need to make sure that your your show matches or uh, complies with their terms or ser of service, and they they will approve it, and they it will uh, show up there. This is a one-time thing. Like it's not like every time you need to release a new episode, you have to do the same process. No, mm -hmm. you just do it once, and after that. Your podcast media host service is going to connect with iTunes and Spotify and all that. And every time you release a new episode, it's going to be automatically updated on all these platforms. Okay, perfect. So we we get it hosted on one of the podcasting host uh, hosting platforms, and then once we get a couple episodes, um, then we go ahead and we submit that to all these podcast platforms like uh, Apple and and Spotify and so forth. They review it. And then they let you through, and then your your podcast is up on the platforms. Now the question is, how do we get our podcast to rank, or how do we get you know more people to listen to our podcast? Okay, the the ranking thing. Uh, I understand many people are interested in the rankings. However, the ranking is only something that happens. Uh, for example, uh, the new and noteworthy thing on iTunes is something that happens for the first. Uh, few days that you have put, put the, the, the show out there. If you want to get in the new and noteworthy, what you have to do is get as many subscribe subscriptions as possible on the show in a period of like of 24 to 48 hours. So like you can get your family, your friends, or if you have a following on social media or you have an email list, so try to have as many people subscribe to the show as possible. Uh, however, uh, I personally do not like to focus on this because it's quite short term. I mean, it's a good way to start, but it's quite short term. What I will recommend is like focusing on the midterm and long term promotion strategies, is uh, which is like building relationships with other people, making yourself a, a guest and on other shows, a, extracting information or quotes or video clips or audio clips for promoting the show on social media and other channels. So I will I will rather focus on the long term promotion strategy than in like in the immediate results from getting on new and noteworthy. Okay, so what are some methods of um, getting traffic from outside of the podcast into people listening to your podcast? Okay, uh, one of them is social media. I think that's the most common one and the first one uh, people think about. Um, so if you have a following, you definitely need to integrate. The, the content promotion of your podcast into your social media strategy. Okay, they, It has to be aligned to what you have, have already been publishing. So that's one part. The other part is using, using all channels you already have. If you already have 
a Facebook group or if you participate in a Facebook group, so you can use that. If you are uh, on LinkedIn, so try to use that as well. And one thing I do is with your current clients or potential clients, since we are already mentioned that we are going to be creating content around constant struggles or problems or goals they have, you're going to continue to see all these questions and in, in, in comments on the social media platforms or on Facebook or on YouTube. So you can help people by providing links to that material you created, which answers that specific question, which solves that specific problem, and you can lead people there. That's another strategy. And another very important one is also making your best to uh, getting exposed to other people's audiences. So you can do this by being a guest on other, people pod other people's podcasts, by participating in live events or in online summits. Yeah, that's, uh, that's some great information. I'm, I'm furiously taking notes over here. <laughs> um, I really like uh, one thing that you mentioned was providing the links of the content. And this is something that I learned um, so, sort of recently that I never thought about before. You know, typically when we have a, a piece of content, especially a podcast, it seems like we put the podcast up there and then we never go back to it again or we never promote it again. You know, mm -hmm. you promote it that one time. Yep. But what you said makes a lot of sense that if you have a podcast that is solving a problem, and that, that's a problem that recurs often, then whenever that someone asks that problem, hey, how do I fix this? You can direct them back to that episode. And I think that's a great strategy um, because you're reusing that content instead of just posting it and letting it sit there forever. That is correct. Yes. You don't want your podcast to be a one-time interaction. You want your podcast to be a continuum and a way to build a relationship. And also, you want to help, uh, you want to use the, the podcast to help you become the point of reference, okay? If, you, if somebody needs information of on, on X topic, so you're going to be the go-to person for that. So that's one way to do it. Like If you already have the answer to that question, if you already have the solution to that problem, just provide the link to the material you created. Yeah, that's great. That's beautiful. Good, good uh, explanation. Um, so two more quick questions that I have regarding this. Um, the first one would be, what about reviews? Um, I, I hear some people say that they're important. Some people say they're not important. And I know that it can be kind of hard getting people to leave a review on your podcast because they say, you know, it can help your rankings. Um, what are your thoughts on reviews? And if they're important, how can we get more reviews on our podcast? Okay. When we are talking about reviews, we are usually talking about iTunes exclusively. Uh, I am not familiar okay. with the review systems for the other platforms. Okay. I, I do think it's important to to get reviews if possible, uh, not because they will help you with the rankings, but they will help as a as a way of of having like this social validation and this authority building that you you want to get through the show. I do understand that it's very 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 hard to get people to leave reviews, uh, even for like influencers who have, influencers who have big followings. It's hard to have people review their shows. Uh, what I've seen is that they sometimes uh, create like contests, social media contests, and and the the requirement to enter the contest is to leave a review on the on, on iTunes, take a screenshot and post that on on the uh, on the social media group or Facebook group or Instagram account or tag the person. 
so they can participate in the contest. Yeah, I've I've actually done that myself. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. I know I know that that one works pretty good. Yeah. It's always kind of a struggle um, to get someone to go out of their way and leave a review on the platform. So I, I didn't know um, if you had any uh, methods, but that that's definitely a good one. I've seen uh, Amy Porterfield do this successfully, yeah. which is where I got the yes, idea from. That is correct. Yeah, uh, she, yeah, she had, uh, but she she has such a loyal, great following already. I love her audience, and I love her. So <laughs> she uh, she had a lot of people leaving reviews through that challenge. And then the last thing that I wanted to ask you: so bringing this full circle back to online courses, well, we have someone who has an online course, and and maybe they're like me. I love podcasting, and they say I want to create a podcast. And so they go through and they they create the podcast, and they get it published. They get some reviews, and they start getting some traction. Now we want to connect the two. We want to uh, how can we get traffic from our podcast to our online course? Are there any strategies or marketing methods that you could tell us? that would help bridge that gap of how, how are we going to get traffic out of the podcast now into our online course? Absolutely, Jeremy. So you have to, if you want to lead traffic to your course from your podcast, first of all, you need to make sure that both your podcast and your course are aligned, that the target audience for both is the same and that the, the area or the topics they cover are the same or are very, very similar or they complement each other. Because like sometimes I see people who have a podcast on a topic and they, they sell services and products on a very different topic or area with a different, very different uh, <laughs> audience. So there is no alignment there. You need to make sure there is an alignment. So everything can be just part, natural part, and natu- provide a natural flow for your customer life cycle. And one way you can start leading people into your course from your podcast, okay, first of all, you need to focus on growing your audience and building that relationship. So that's not going to happen overnight and not in a couple of of months. It's going to take a few months before people can trust you enough and see you as an authority to start buying from you. In the meantime, what you can do is use your your, your, um, uh, podcast to build an email list. That's going to be very important Mm -hmm. because you're going to be in control of what information you send people in how you want to deliver it. So whenever you want to start offering new courses or special programs or special offers, you're going to have easy access to those people and send them the information that they, 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 you want to send them because you already know they're interested in the topic because the course and the podcast are aligned. You already know they are part of your target audience and they are potential buyers for the course and the course offers solutions that they need. So that's one thing. And the other thing is you can also uh, in- include content in the podcast that can help promote your courses. You can uh, create your own mid-roll ads or calls to action and invite people to join courses or events or webinars or anything you're going to be, any event they're going to be creating. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's what I've done is I've created a mid-roll ad for myself to just promote my own products. So yes. <laughs> it's good good to hear from a professional that I'm, I'm take, taking some correct steps so far. 
Um, awesome. So, uh, yeah, this has been great. I just really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story and, and, uh, talking about podcasting. It's, uh, it's a media that I really enjoy. I love listening to them. It's great when you're out walking or mowing the lawn or doing the dishes to pop in some uh, headphones and, and listen to people talk and conversate and, I just feel like you really get someone's full attention with a podcast because they're just listening and they're not paying attention to anything else unless they're running or jogging. Um, so if someone out there listening is like, yes, I want to do this too. I want to create a podcast. Uh, what would be the biggest tip or the biggest mistake that you see that new podcasters do whenever they're first starting out? I think the biggest mistake is there are two big mistakes. One of them, which I already mentioned, is expecting overnight results or thinking of it as a as a short-term strategy is not gonna give you results in the short term. And the other is actually not aligning the show with your business. Like you don't know who you're gonna be, like who your audience is gonna be, you have no idea. So if you don't know who you're going to be talking to, you don't know what topics you're going to cover and you need to build a strategy around that. You need to align, make sure it aligns with your business. It shouldn't be something on the side. It shouldn't be an additional burden or load. It should be part, an integral part of your whole business. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much, David. Um, we appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your expertise. If someone was interested in podcasting and maybe even using your services or would like to find out more about you, where can they do that online? Sure. Uh, you can reach out to me uh, via email at david at audiencecoach.com. Just send me an email. Tell me what you need, what questions you have. I'll be glad to help you out. And you can also find uh, our show on iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Audience Coach. Perfect. I'm about to go subscribe myself and I recommend anyone else listening do the same because it sounds like you got some great information and I can't wait to hear more. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I just uh, hope you the most success in the future with your business. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today, David. You can find out more about him and his business by visiting audiencecoach.com or you can get the show notes of this episode along with links and resources by visiting onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash 23. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and leave a review to let me know what you think. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Online Course Igniter podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode. If you would like to learn more marketing strategies and how to sell your online course, then also check out our free community where we share tips, tricks, and tutorials at onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash community.